Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. I'm Vicky. I'm Nancy. I'm Linda. I'm Cindy. And together we are Her Stories. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about body image. So we know that this is a very sensitive topic, but we also know it's very relatable. So we'll be talking about our insecurities, how culture and social media affects what we consider to be beautiful, and stories about how our body impacts our daily lives. Before we begin, we would like to give some shout-outs to our listeners. So shout-out to our cousin, Edward, who has been so great and has listened to every single one of our podcast episodes. We're so happy and so thankful. We'd also like to give a shout-out to Ruth and Maddie, who are Linda and Cindy's high school friends. They've been also really nice and always giving us so much support and so many positive comments. So thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you. So I think we're going to start off with our insecurities. So all of us are going to individually talk about what their insecurities are. And I think mine has changed so much over the years. Like I have one very in particular, like particular insecurity, but it started off when I was in grade seven and it's like... <laughs> It's so embarrassing to say, to talk about what you're insecure about, but, like, the fact that I have no booty. Oh. You know? It's Girl, like, I'll share some of mine with you. Because <laughs> especially nowadays, everybody's like, oh, big booties, big booties. Mm-hmm. Squat, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many workouts that you can do, but it's it's so hard. And, like, I always, like, envy those girls who are born with, like, a booty. Mm. Like, like you know, Kim K booty or like no, just like bubble butt. Oh, you know man. that that style. Like I don't need it to be. Like I, I like more like fit. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. you like like it's there grow. and it looks good. Yeah, but it's not like plump. Yeah, humongous. Mm-hmm. But some people don't really have to work for it. So I think that's probably one of my biggest insecurities. I never knew wow. that about you. Yeah, because yeah. I don't you're, talk you're, about but, it much. I, whenever I look at you, I don't. I don't think that your butt is flat. But it's her insecurity. Yeah, right? yeah. So, well, yeah. I'm just letting you know that I don't. I mean, when I look at her, when I look at her body, I'm like, wow, great, amazing, beautiful. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. But everybody has insecurities, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. What What do you think contributed to you having that insecurity? Um, I can tell you what triggered it. I won't okay. say who said it to me, but somebody mm. one day said to me, "Wow, you have a really small butt." And at the time, I was like. Oh, I thought I meant they meant small as in like, um, not flat, but like small but and tiny. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think of it being negative thing because, you know, when I was when I was younger, I had a really really fast metabolism, so I was always skinny, and I never thought of there being, you know, people being insecure about different parts of their body until someone started commenting on different parts of it. Mm-hmm. I just thought like, oh, you're skinny or you're big or you're, you know, you you. I never think about curves, mm. but then. I was like probably 13 or 14. It's a very sensitive age. Mm. And when that person said that to me, and I was like, oh. And then, <laughs> again, I had to call out. I'm gonna, this one's okay. I'm going to call out my husband. He's <laughs> a really big booty person. Like, he loves oh. booty, right? <laughs> so, like, so then why do you Bad like me? Because I got no booty. <laughs> but mm. he always says, like, no, it's different, you know, mm. because I love you for everything and then about all that stuff. Yeah. But it's still in the back of your mind. You, you know? got a big heart. Yeah. <laughs> I wake up for it. That's what you got, girl. I hope that's true. <laughs> it is. But yeah, that's where it came from. Aww. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Because yeah, those are formative years when you're 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everything that everyone says to you, you really take it to heart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I try to be very careful with people that age too because yeah. 
you remember that your body at that time your body's changing so much so I try to be really sensitive when I, when it comes to our nieces or nephews and mm-hmm. stuff because yeah. one wrong thing could scar this person <laughs> yeah. for life exactly yeah. so it's gotta be yeah. slow to speak mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. what about you guys for me I've always been overweight ever since I was little. So obviously my weight has been something that I've always been very insecure about. Mm. I <laughs> I used to call myself the beast. <laughs> only <laughs> not <laughs> only because Butch. in kindergarten I had uh, I went on a field trip with my classmates and someone had, I don't remember who, but someone had taken a picture and I was standing beside my oh best my friend. Oh my gosh, I remember oh. that. Okay, I so that I was picture. standing beside my best friend and we were in like little cute, we're in kindergarten, so we we're in like little cute bathing suits and I was literally 10 times bigger than her. <laughs> and at that time, you don't think you're that much bigger, obviously, because you're like living life, kindergarten yeah, life. That kind of stuff doesn't even But when I looked at that, when I when I got older, so maybe in grade school, and I looked at that photo, I was like, oh, there's the beast. <laughs> the <laughs> beast has come out. Picture, that was cute. It was cute. So yeah. your insecurities start when you're in kindergarten or when yeah. you look back? Actually, in kindergarten, you still aren't that self-aware. Yeah obviously. So I think my insecurity really kicked in when I was in grade three because my teacher did this exercise where he made every student get on the scale and write their weight on the board. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. And I think it was, I think his intention was he wanted to use those for math. (laughs) Maybe it was like medium. Yeah. So when I ended up being like the second heaviest in, and it was a grade three, four split and I was in grade three mm-hmm. and I was heavier than all my grade four classmates. Yeah. Except for this one huge guy who was like six feet tall. Obviously like no one would be. Yeah. Yeah. So I was second heaviest in my class and that's when I became really aware of my weight uh-huh. and yeah, I just from went downhill. Teachers don't shame do on that. that. <laughs> I don't think he. Shame it sounds him. like he didn't intentionally. It was an intentional yeah. thing to shame yeah. you. Yeah, so yeah. you're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just when I became very aware of mm. my weight and how in comparison affected to others. I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, the comparing part was really tough. Yeah. But definitely, my weight has always been something I've been very self conscious about. Also, because I have different hair color. Mm. <laughs> than what typical Asians would have. I always, and then my mom would always dye my hair too, right? So mm. that I could fit um, in. maybe fit in. Mm. I'm not exactly sure. I know that she didn't really like it at first, but I started dyeing my hair black when I was in kindergarten. Yeah, Nancy mm. has pictures of like half strawberry, bl- <laughs> strawberry blonde and half black. Yeah, my school yeah. photos. Like she was the one who came up with, uh, what's that thing called? Ombre. Ombre, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, girl. Unintentional ombre. Yeah, but I always thought my hair color was so abnormal that it just didn't fit. It wasn't right. Even though my older sister had it too, but she would dye her hair all the time. So her and I, I didn't know, I didn't realize how abnormal that was, like dyeing your hair at that young of an age, until I started seeing like some people in Korea, like little kindergartners with like purple, pink hair, and I was like, whoa, that is kind of weird. But because my mom didn't dye my hair pink and blue, she dyed it black, which Mm -hmm. I thought was the hair color I was supposed to have, Mm -hmm. right? So I just thought, okay, well, well, my hair color must make me really different. I don't like being different. 
Um, obviously, I learned to embrace it. Yeah. Obviously, I think in high school was when I started to actually like my hair color, and then my mom started to not care as much anymore about me having black hair. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my insecurities too. I never thought of it like that. I always thought it was so cool. I was like, my cousin or my aunt has blonde hair. <laughs> like I would brag about it, but I never thought of it being like a negative thing. I, I brag about it a lot too. I'm like, yeah. my sister has strawberry blonde hair. Because yeah. it's, it's so cool. It's, it's a so fun cool. fact. Yeah. yeah. You don't necessarily I, brag I about hope it. My kid yeah. has like a strawberry blonde. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's know. cool now, yeah. but when, yeah. you're, when you're younger, when someone is telling you like this is, I don't like that. Then obviously yeah, you're so gonna be mm-hmm. like, I don't like it too. <laughs> yeah. Were you ever teased about it? No, I was never teased no, right? about it. I was like, teased about when my hair color and my hair dye was coming out. My teachers would be like, "What's going on? You have two different hair colors." And mom, one it's time, it's crazy hair day. She she didn't. <laughs> But she didn't buy black hair. She bought gray. <laughs> oh my god! So I went to school for a week with gray hair. Oh. And then finally she redyed it again black. Mm. But I was. How long did mom do that for? I have no idea. She did it for until I was probably like twelve. I don't Wait, remember. I don't yeah. remember that. Because you have a lot of school pictures where your hair is blonde too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was coming out. But the thing is, the hair dye never really sticks. To this day, too, right? Till this day. Um, yeah, we just dyed your hair the other day. It, it looks fades. the same, right? Yeah, it does. So my hair color came out all the time. And I remember when she would be like, Nancy, time for hair dye. Mm-hmm. I would try to run away yeah. because she would put me in the basement and she'd have me lay down there. Oh, and I hated that the sink. The smell of it yeah. is just disgusting. It's like the ammonium smell. Yeah. And you're young. You're like, oh, this is disgusting. Yeah. So I used to try to hide in the closet. I don't she even recall my mom dyeing her hair and stuff. Yeah, because you weren't there. You're yeah. young. You were young, too. I was like, I'm going to go outside. Living Bye, Nancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. That's all. Those, those are the only insecurities you guys have? Oh, I <laughs> have so many, but I can't share them all. For oh, now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just for now. Top top two, I guess. Sure. So, I guess my biggest insecurity when it comes to body image is my weight. So I've always, also have always been on the ob- obese side <laughs> of things. Um, it's always been uh, a challenge of mine. Um, and when I, when I listen to people um, who are really critical of their body parts, to me, I, I feel a sense of, why why are you even complaining about that right because all i want is to look a little slimmer right mm. and people are so, spe- so specific about oh i want my nose to be a certain shape i've never never wanted my face or any part of my body to be a certain way i just wanted my whole body to be smaller mm. right and so when people talk about I want my butt, like, butt to be plump, and I want my nose bridge to be higher. Mm-hmm. Like, all I'm asking for is to shed a few pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, there's more to come on uh, kind of my struggles always being obese. Um, and I guess that's it. At least a top two. Top- 
<laughs> other than that, she's perfect. Well, well, okay. So I guess the other thing is that one of my feet are smaller. One of my f- okay. Oh my god, the struggle is real with those feet. <laughs> okay, I, I so feel bad one for of, them. One of my feet is smaller than the other. And so it's an insecurity of mine because it impacts my life on a daily basis. It's hard for me to be mobile. And I think that also contributes to, it's a vicious cycle, contributes to my weight because Mm -hmm. it's hard to uh, be physical on it because there's a lot of strain on my calf. Um, And my right foot has a huge arch in it. And so it makes it hard to walk on or it makes it hard to run on. Also your shoe size. It's yeah. so different between right. So one one of my shoe one of my my right foot is half a size smaller than my left foot. So um, that's also something that I have to be mindful of and always accommodate my left side because mm-hmm. it's bigger, mm-hmm. um, and thus making my right foot my right foot's always in a bigger size shoe, mm-hmm. which also causes issues too. Yeah, because yeah. they're sliding and then yeah. there's calluses as a result. So I guess. That would be another insecurity of mine that's related to, mm-hmm. I guess, some sort of part of my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, growing up, I didn't really have, like, I didn't, when I was younger, I was very small. Um, and my mom praised me a lot, like, always said like, I was beautiful. So I never really had many insecurities. I didn't really grow to have any. It wasn't until I became, like, an actual adult that I started gaining weight um, from partying. <laughs> beer um that i find that i grew like a gut so one of my biggest insecurities is probably my gut mm-hmm. my stomach it's massive <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably the most like the the first thing you see when you see me too i think like i look like i'm pregnant it's so bad but yeah so that's probably the one thing that i'm insecure about um and probably my chin, my triple chin. <laughs> like, <clears throat> like I was, um, I was telling the girls, like sometimes, because I grew up like being skinny, I have like what I call skinny eyes. So I see myself as like skinny until like you catch a <laughs> glimpse of yourself and you're like, damn, <laughs> who is that? So yeah, definitely probably my stomach and my gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna add one more since you guys talked about it too. Okay. Okay. I, oh, I can add some more too. <laughs> um, another insecurity that I've had, I think more recently, when I was younger, it didn't really bother me so much, maybe because it was different then, but I have very thin hair. My hair has always been very thin. I think it's because my mom, my grandma, and my my dad doesn't have like extremely thin hair, mm-hmm. but my mom has very thin hair. So I'm I was oh, I'm always worried that that's the path I'm gonna follow. But I think my hair is more like my dad. So. Mm. It's um, on the sides, very very thin. So, my my biggest insecurity is when people touch my hair, cause you know that sometimes you just grab someone's hair and mm-hmm. start playing with it. Every time you touch it, like oh my god, your hair is so thin. <laughs> like thanks, I didn't already know that. I'm just like yeah, and laugh it off. But I know, cause it's one of those things that you can't change. Right. You know, like my other insecurities. Yeah, like, oh, Rogaine. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, but yeah. There's limits. Limits there, to how much yeah. you can kind of grow your hair. Yeah, and the thickness exactly. of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another one. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, my skin. 
My skin has always I'm been... I'm surprised you didn't say that for her. Me no, too. No, it's because I kind of touched up on it last yeah, episode, right. so I didn't want to put too much focus episode. on it. episode. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely my skin has always been an insecurity of mine because I had acne starting in grade four. That's and it crazy. was severe. Like, I had cystic acne in grade six, and I even have school pictures to prove it. It was terrible. Um, and people would always ask me to, because you know, your kids, and it's an innocent question, they'll be like, what's on your nose? Yeah. And I'm like, it's a pimple, what do you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. tattoo. But because of those questions, all the time, I didn't have an excuse for it. It's like, this is just my body, I can't yeah. control my acne. Yeah. No, but you can, think, uh, you can thank dad for that gene. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely got it from dad. My dad had really bad skin when he was young. Really? And half of our family members grew up with really bad skin, and half of them had a really amazing, flawless, poreless skin. <laughs> and I was on that other half. Yeah. But that's okay. I think it's made me appreciate it in some way i guess like taking care of it i don't know does that even make sense yeah no it does for (laughs) sure it makes me appreciate the experience i guess yeah sure it also makes you an expert and like yeah it's it's an obstacle you've overcome yeah i'm overcoming Overcoming. i still go through literally made your skin tougher yeah yeah maybe Let's talk about how social media and the society at large influence our perceptions of what beauty is or our beauty standards. One thing that I always thought made a woman or just made people beautiful was light skin. Just because growing up when my mom would put makeup on us (laughs) and stuff, she'd always make my face really pale. And then also when you see a lot of Asian beauty trends, they're always going towards lighter skin tones. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for me, I was always influenced and I always thought, okay, lighter skin, um, an Asian Asian representation is beautiful. Yeah. That's definitely just like an Asian thing because yeah. in Western culture, it's like completely the opposite. Mm-hmm. They're always they talking like about the like tan. tanning and stuff. Yeah. But that goes back with our culture because like mm-hmm. the reason why you want to have light skin is because it means that back in the day you're rich because you don't have to work in the farms and you can live inside your house in the shade in a mm. palace. So it represents wealth, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Light skin. So, yeah, I. So, in terms of um, skin color, I didn't think that light skin was more beautiful than darker skin growing up mm-hmm. because we were living in the Western society mm-hmm. and culture and. Um, I didn't see many Asian people on TV. So mm-hmm. my stan- my beauty standards were highly impacted by the Western world, mm-hmm. meaning Western physique, meaning mm-hmm. big eyes, strong cheekbones, mm-hmm. um, blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah. maybe. Oh, um, yeah. Kind of features like that growing up. Mm-hmm. I didn't aspire to be like that, but that was what um, I felt was the most be- you know the most beautiful yeah. or that let's say uh, i'll just say it white people were the most beautiful race yeah growing up um because i wasn't exposed we weren't exposed to many other asians um on tv mm-hmm. that were that we would be able to aspire to yeah. or look up to everyone on asian or everyone on tv that was asian was chubby nerdy um played or portrayed as, as stupid portrayed as stupid or mm-hmm. 
um, portrayed in extremes. Yeah. So there wasn't like you know a young teenager girl going through regular. you know regular everyday teenager things, right? Yeah. So that's what how I saw beauty kind of growing up. Mm-hmm. But now um, things have changed quite a bit now that there's a lot of um, Asian representation on the media now. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but more progressively more. Oh, right. yeah. um, and also that just as you grow older, you start to feel that can feel that need to want to connect to other people who are like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, then you start to look for trends that are more suitable to you. And mm-hmm. then that kind of changed how I see beauty. And mm-hmm. I don't see, you know, it's, I, I mean, there is, I guess, a part of me that still um, really, really kind of prefers some Western physiques, like big eyes, mm-hmm. um, but that I can appreciate and I can appreciate, I can appreciate beauty in all cultures, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, big eyes, small eyes, whatever, we're all beauty, beautiful in some, some way or another, yeah. right? Um it's just that we're so our center of beauty is so narrow because we live in Canada where yeah. there's major the majority is you know yeah Caucasian people. Mm-hmm. I think my idea of beauty when I was younger is like like you guys said so different than it is now. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I would like when if we're talking about skin tone, I would tan mm-hmm. so easily. Like mm-hmm. I'd go inside for like five seconds and then I'd be like. 10 shades darker people would always praise me for that and i always thought that was such a strange thing to be praised for mm-hmm. oh my god you tan so easily like yeah. all, my, all my white friends you tan so easily <laughs> and so i would go outside and stay outside for a long time look at me now right but now it's because in the asian culture it's it's uh, looked as being pale is more beautiful. So now it's like, oh, give me that sunblock, give me an umbrella, give me that hat. <laughs> True. But, you know, it's it's changed a lot. So I think in terms like, did you guys ever grow up wishing you were white? Like I have a lot of friends who are Asian who grew up wishing they were white. I think a lot of people can relate to that moment in your life where you realize you're Asian. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of, uh, your friends, you you guys are drawing yourselves because it's like, oh, draw a self-portrait. Mm-hmm. And they're drawing, you're drawing your skin tone the same as them. And they go, you're not that. You're mm-hmm. yellow. You're yellow, Or yeah. something. And you're like, what? They give you I'm the like yellow you, crayon. Right? So it's, mm-hmm. um, I haven't, uh, I've never, uh, you know, wanted or wished that I was white. But mm-hmm. there's been moments where kind of, there was an epiphany of, oh, I'm not white. Mm-hmm. I'm not the majority. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I ever, I ever said to myself, like, oh, I wish I was white. I always thought to myself, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to be the majority and not the minority. Just to see if everyday life would be different. But I've never actually wanted to. I've always, ever since, like you said, you don't really realize that you're Asian until you're a certain age. And I feel mm-hmm. like that was at the end of, towards the end of elementary school but when I got to middle school being Asian was cool because there was only like four of us <laughs> and all the guys like Asian girls are so pretty exotic, yeah, exotic. yeah so I was like oh, I'm yeah. Asian so Definitely. I've always been proud of that mm-hmm. at, at a young age so mm-hmm. um I've never really gotten into the whole like pale skin Asian style um 
That's why whenever we go to like when we went to Korea, <laughs> the people, the salespeople would literally walk past me and just walk towards Linda, be like, "Hi, how can I help you?" And I'm like, "You guys don't even have my skin like color, yeah. like with my foundation color." And now I think they're like adapting more because they're they brought it to Canada and stuff. But no, I've never really been into the whole Korean like looking mm-hmm. or like Asian looking. Um, I'm more of like, I guess Western. Like yeah. my eyebrows are like more Western. the on fleek eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my skin tone's definitely darker. Yeah. I don't mind the tan. People praise me for tanning really easily, too, because I, like, I do burn, but I feel like I tan fairly easily. Like, if I just walk outside, mm-hmm. I come back, and they're, they're like, how are you tan all year round? I'm like, it's the sun. <laughs> like, I don't go tanning. I don't spend money on that, but yeah. Let's brighten up the mood and dive into some memorable stories about how body image impacts our daily lives. So for me, I lived in Korea for two and a half years Mm -hmm. and I was working there as an English teacher and my school was at the top of a mountain. (laughs) That's why I never went to visit a workplace. It was the steepest hill ever and it would take me, this doesn't seem that long, but it would take me five minutes to get up that hill. But imagine that hill is almost an, on a 90-degree <laughs> angle for five minutes. Mm. And you're not in the greatest physical condition. <laughs> so I would actually go to work one hour earlier than I was supposed to be there. So I would start at 8.30. I'd get there at 7.30. So that, first of all, I don't have the pressure of people looking at me going up that hill. And I can dodge all my students <laughs> and my faculty members. But there it's were some sad. instances yeah. where I would meet one of my co-teachers on the way up. And I told, I was telling Linda this the other day, I would hide behind a pastry shop and look. If <laughs> oh my any, God. Because I came from a different exit, subway exit, mm-hmm. and I knew which direction their subway exit was, so I had a little bit of leeway, and I could step back and look to see if anyone was coming, and then I would be like, okay, I'm in the clear, so then I would go, but there were some instances where my timing was off, I've <laughs> 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 uh, been all sneaky, but my timing was off, and um, so, oh yeah, so one of my co-teachers, she was like ahead of me, right? So I waited like a few minutes for her to get really far ahead so that she wouldn't actually look back. And so I was like, okay, well, now it's time to go. So I'm walking and walking and she turns around. She's like, Nancy! <laughs> I was like, damn it. And she was talking to me the entire way up and I literally couldn't breathe. <laughs> like you're trying so hard to breathe and someone's trying to talk to you and they're asking you questions too. It's not even like, oh, my weekend was like this. I was like, how was your weekend? What did you do? And I was like... Girl, <laughs> my weekend was good. <laughs> like, shortest answers ever. But that was my, that was almost every day, every day of Didn't my life. Eventually, you get used to it. You would think so. <laughs> you no, would no. think that your body would get used to it, which it kind of did. But every day when I got to the top of that hill, I would be sweating under my jacket wow. all the time. And I would go into my room and I'd just fan myself because I'd be swe- like dripping sweat. Oh my! But luckily, none of my students were in the school yet, so I was like, "Okay, it's okay. I can I can reapply that foundation <laughs> if I need to." But it was so crazy. So being overweight and having to do that every day—that was really hard. Did you lose any weight? 
I lost actually a lot of weight living in Korea just because daily life, you have to walk everywhere. Yeah, Korea is the worst. So, and there's so many hills in Korea and Mm. you're going up and down the stairs constantly. So naturally, obviously, you would lose weight. But it wasn't like I lost like 100 pounds. Yeah. It was like uh, 10, (laughs) you know, 10. Yeah. But that was one of the experiences, two and a half year experience (laughs) that I had that really affected my daily life. Did you ever, like, the first time you went up, did you ever think to yourself, like, I have to do this every day? I thought it was a joke. (laughs) The first time, so the first time I tried to find the school, I was having issues because no one had taught me how to use the navigation system on my phone. So I literally got to the subway exit and just started following these little boys because I knew that I was working at an all-boys school. So I started following this group of boys that were that did lead me to the right place. But when they were going up the hill, I was like, please, please no. This can't be my <laughs> destiny. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was, sadly. Yeah. But you Good know, for you. get a little bit of an exercise in the morning. <laughs> that's that's your workout for the day. Yeah. Good for that's you. your heart. <laughs> I, I yeah. do hate that though, when like you're, when you're working out or something and the person beside you is like trying to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I'm literally just like, shh. Yeah. Or I just don't answer and they eventually get it and they just walk away. <laughs> I'm so mean. It's not, it's not social time. No. Like, if we're out. lifting weights and we're working out together in that sense where I'm your spotter and stuff, yeah. fine. But if That's I'm super. on the treadmill, girl, which I hate doing cardio, don't talk to me. Yeah. Like, I can't even breathe. How can I even respond? Yeah. Yeah, we're just trying to get, like, a good rhythm with our breathing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, can't be disturbed. I have so many good stories about walking <laughs> especially with my demented foot but I'll, I'll okay I'll, I'll tell you my most recent one my most recent one is I always struggle to walk everywhere I go um because my calf it hurts so much it burns so much so I have to go at my own pace so I've found ways to navigate through that and work through that and overcome that by finding different, you know, pathways or not walking with anyone or getting out early so that I don't have to see anyone so I can just go by, by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one day a week that I, I work later and a colleague of mine was uh, ending the, at the same time. She's like, hey, do you want to walk together? Because our parking lot is super far away from our workplace. Mm-hmm. You can't say No. Right? Yeah. And then in my head, I was like, lie, lie. And I was like, I couldn't lie. I couldn't think of anything. So I was just like, you know what? Maybe I'll just try to be honest, right? Just try to be honest and say that I have struggles walking and see if that does me any good, right? Um, And I was like, you know what? I have have struggles walking. I I walk really slowly um, and I always have a lot of pain. So I I typically go really slow. So you don't, you know, it's okay if you don't want to walk with me. Um, But she was really receptive. She's like, hey, no problem. I'll walk with with you and walk at your pace. And that was the first time in my, probably in my entire life that someone that's not related to me Mm actually accommodated me mm. and 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 literally walked side by side with me and it i didn't feel any pain which oh, was really cool so was that like the first time you ever told the truth to the, to an outsider yeah, yes yeah. and i imagine that if i probably told the truth prior prior then this might have happened earlier yeah but i never had the courage to mm-hmm. um but given the profession that i'm in i was like yeah. you know what why not try 
Good for you, Linda. Congratulations. Yeah. It was really good. It was, it, was a, it was a good victory. And I'm glad that I was honest. But it wasn't funny. It's not funny. It's no. not funny, but, but it's heartwarming. It doesn't funny. have to yeah. be funny. It's heartwarming. I liked it. <laughs> My friends are a little bit more ferocious, I would say. Like, they're more playful with me. So um, I have a friend named Double D. Shout out, girl. She uh, understands the struggles so she's very supportive. Like she always wants me to like lose weight and stuff. Um, she called me a fat supermodel one time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there was one time we were at work and I hadn't eaten all morning, and I was like, because I'm not really a breakfast person either. Like I wait a couple hours. Like mm. so, um, I was so hungry and I was like, oh man, I'm so hungry. What should I eat? And she turns around and she's like, how about some water? That's <laughs> like. F you. <laughs> but, like, I know she's doing it because, like, with the best intentions. Like, right. she wants me to lose weight because she's like, you know, you're so pretty. You're so losing weight. Um, but, yeah, I don't really have any other struggles. Well, except for the fact that I have sleep apnea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's bad. It, it definitely, I was, like, in denial for a long time. Mm. Until Nancy recorded me. <laughs> she's like, trust me. You, because, like, when I was younger, I never snored. Like, I'm not a snorer. I sleep, people say I sleep like a bear in hibernation. Mm -hmm. Like, I stay in one spot and I just stay there. I don't move, I don't snore. But um, growing, like, becoming an adult and becoming bigger, like, I would snore really loud. And I never understood why. And my mouth is, like, shut. So I'm like, where is this noise coming from? Because my mouth is closed. Isn't it coming from, like, your sinus? Yeah, yeah. You know, you think, like, when people snore, Mm -hmm. their mouth is open, like, you know, but I'm like, what the hell? There's no way. And then Nancy recorded me, and <laughs> she's like, you stop breathing in your sleep for, like, five minutes. And then, yeah, so eventually. I was so concerned. She didn't breathe at all. Because, well, I was, I, I don't remember what happened, but I was in her room, and she had fallen asleep, and I think I was either watching a movie or playing a video game. And just at the back, all I heard was, and there was no release. <laughs> there was no release for, like, two minutes. And two minutes is a long time yeah, without breathing. breathing. So I was so concerned, and I I had to videotape it and tell her, and show her, and I've done it multiple times, <laughs> just to show her, like, you need to really look at this, get this looked at. Yeah, and I think, like, um, I would always wake up with, like, like, I have all the symptoms I just never knew. Mm-hmm. Like, I always wake up with, like, massive headaches because I'm not oh. sleeping well because I'm, like, holding my breath all night, or, like, um... They have this thing, what they call, I forget what it's called, but something with your leg, it's like feels numb and tingly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I have that for sure. Restless leg? Yes, restless mm-hmm. leg, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, that has to do with you sleeping? Yeah, that, that has to do with sleep apnea. Oh. Yeah, so I'm like, I had all these problems, and then like, so I finally went to go see a doctor and all this stuff, and turns out I have it. <laughs> um, but he literally was like, if you lose weight, all your problems will go away. Like, wow. So <laughs> I have to see him again in like two months. And he's like, you'll lose weight, right? I'm like, mm. I was like, yeah, I'll try my best. But you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, it's two months. Like, it's fine. And then later, yeah. like, the month comes and you're like, the day approaches. Yeah, you're like, eat broccoli. <laughs> the day approaches and you're like, starve. Yeah, like, but I, I know, like, if I don't change, then I'll die. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was right. dark. Why did they no, say that? <laughs> I do have a lot of like health problems because I'm fat, and I'm like, right. like I've had two doctors tell me the same thing. Like, if you lose weight, it will all your problems like will go away. I'm mm. like, but it's, uh, for some reason, like I said, I have skinny eyes. Like I'm just like, or I don't have like the 
I'm not like that concerned yet. I'm like, I'm like telling myself, I'm like, what am I waiting for? I don't know. I think something needs like a flip. I mean, a switch needs to flip or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I think I don't. I don't think it's a flip, like a flip of a switch. I think it's just the moment when you realize that this is the only way that you will survive. Survive, and yeah. the only way that, or the only thing that you should prioritize, that's when you will do it. Mm-hmm. And that day has not come. So, <laughs> I, yeah, and I think like hold like being overweight definitely holds like well me back from like a lot of things like, um, like looking for a partner. Mm-hmm. Right. I refuse to look for anyone. I refuse to look at anyone because I just feel like if you're not 100%, how can you? I don't think you, I, I think that's arguable. I don't think you, you should know, be 100%. You know, a lot of people say that, but I, I also feel like if I'm not, because like I haven't been at my best for like, what, my previous relationships and I always found like crappy relationships. Yeah. So I feel like if I'm not feeling the best and if I don't know what I want, if I don't have that mindset, then how am I going to go find someone who's like worth my time? Definitely. You know? I, no, I think it, you have to have, um, be, be comfortable with who you mm-hmm. are and confident with who you are and what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's for us to find a partner when we're a hundred percent is never going to be right. Yeah. But yeah. I think at least it's better than like right now. It might, yeah. have, it might not <laughs> just be that time right now. Yeah. True. Yeah. And that's okay. That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. But it also won't happen if you're not looking. Yeah, I don't. That's up to you. I don't look. Yeah. Like, I refuse. It's a personal decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think, I think weight impacts not only romantic relationships, but for me, it impacts lots of experiences. Like, I'm not able to do things that I would want to do. Um, Like, for example, if I know that my friends are going on a trip, I'm not going with them because they're probably going to go hiking. They're probably going to go canoeing. Mm. And then I have to put my my lifeguard, my lifeboat, what is it? Sorry, the life, life, jacket. life jacket on that's not going to fit. Right? There's always, I hate those life jackets. <laughs> when you're overweight, you see the world um, differently. You always are trying to pre-plan your next step because you don't want to embarrass yourself. Mm. Right? And so I, I think that's the reason why I like kind of planning. I like control over situations because then I can not put myself in a vulnerable spot or look foolish mm-hmm. or look dumb right mm-hmm. um and so it it inhibits me in many many ways and I'm like well then change right? yeah I know and here we are still <laughs> talking waiting for our it. next meal <laughs> <laughs> talking about what we're gonna eat thinking about what I'm gonna eat for a midnight snack later <laughs> midnight <laughs> snack is my thing mm-hmm. it's tough when your thoughts revolve around food mm-hmm. and you you don't want to but that's literally it's an addiction mm-hmm. it's like all you can think about and yeah it's just really tough it makes life really it's almost annoying to myself at least Nuisance. like i yeah i feel mm-hmm. like when i wake up the first thing on my mind is what am i going to have for lunch today right Instead of, you know, thank you, God, for another day of life. (laughs) But it's something that I really want to challenge, but Mm -hmm. it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. And I think we can even have a whole other episode about Mm -hmm. food, our our relationship with food, Mm -hmm. um, how we utilize it and Mm -hmm. coping mechanisms and... Ooh, that's that. That would be a deep one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I think that's a great way to wrap up today's episode. Um, we talked about a lot. We yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You got to know to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I, I want to say that um, this was really a surface level conversation. There's mm-hmm. much deeper type of conversations that need to be had, um, maybe later on, um, and that um, wherever you guys are, wherever you guys wherever you guys are listening i hope that we can all encourage each other just to be better than we are today mm-hmm. yeah yeah that brings us to the end of our episode um please continue to give us feedback we love reading and hearing about it so we can improve also if you have any insecurities that you'd like to share with us we'd love to hear about them um our handles vicky our instagram handle is podcast her stories and our email is podcasterstories at gmail.com so we just want to say thank you so much for listening and until next time Shinji Doa